Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on this episode, we're diving into the United States performance at the U-20 World Cup. The tournament is going on right now down in Argentina. The U.S. beat Ecuador 1-0 in their first game of the competition so far. On this episode, I'll be diving into the three players that stood out to me the most from that win over Ecuador over the weekend. So, without any further ado, let's get to it and talk soccer. All right, up first, the player that stood out to me probably the most from the U.S.'s 1-0 win over Ecuador over the weekend is a player that, honestly, I hadn't watched much of prior to this competition. It was Brandon Craig in the middle of the back line for the U.S. men's national team. Born in 2004, he just turned 19 years old about a month and a half ago. Plays for the Philadelphia Union in MLS, but doesn't really actually play. He played four minutes in all of last season, had just one substitute appearance in that year, and has not stepped on the field for the senior team this season at all in Major League Soccer. But playing as the central center back in the middle of Mikey Varas' back three against Ecuador, you could see what makes Craig so special. You could see why he was involved in this game. It wasn't his defensive work. It wasn't his strength. It wasn't his ability to muscle opposing players off the ball. It was his technical work. It was his ability to break lines on the ball in possession. It was his vision. It was his constant desire to find players between the lines. His distribution in the back was a genuine asset for the U.S. against Ecuador over the weekend. It would be Josh Winder who was playing as a left-sided center back, not really wanting to break lines or not finding avenues to do so, and then just laying the ball off to his center back partner, Brandon Craig, and Craig would then break the lines for him. He had a, a lovely pinged ball in the first half, had some other great line splitting passes as well. Craig's distribution is incredibly good, and it certainly was in this game against Ecuador. His work on the ball was certainly something to watch, and then it's also worth watching going forward to see how his defensive ability comes to match up with his ability on the ball. If those things can even get on a roughly equal plane, this kid is going to be a really, really good center back at the professional and maybe even the national team level. We'll need to see more of the defensive side of his game to really know for sure. But man, the attacking side, the distribution is there for Brendan Craig. He was excellent on the ball against Ecuador. Now, we started in the back. Let's go all the way up to the front, who started up top for the U.S. in this game. It's Diego Luna, who I thought looked excellent for the United States, playing as a number nine in a 3-4-3. Not as a traditional number nine, because... Diego Luna, if you haven't seen him before, is is very much not a traditional number nine. He's listed at five foot eight, and I think that might be a bit generous. He has a very strange build for a professional soccer player, but he moves really well despite his his sort of awkward build. He's very smooth on the ball. He's incredibly technical. And in this game, he was constantly trying to drop in to create overload centrally to then spring a wingbacker, to spring a winger, to play a switch over to the weak side. He was the one, if Craig was pulling the strings deeper downfield, Luna was the one pulling the strings higher up the field. He was consistently quality on the ball in this match and has been, right? For a long time, Diego Luna has been this player. And that even dates back to his time at the Barca Residency Academy in Casa Grande, Arizona, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. I've seen this kid play a bunch of times before. His technical ability 
always stands out. He went from Barca over to El Paso Locomotive in the USL Championship and currently is the player that's involved in the record deal for a USL to MLS transaction when RSL paid a reported $250,000 for him midway through last season. He hasn't really betted in at RSL yet. He's only played 94 minutes this year and doesn't seem to be trusted by Pablo Mascherini, which, again, his build and, and some of his physical limitations make that understandable, even though he does move well for his frame. Luna has a ton of talent. He showed it in this game. He had a bunch of different attacking sequences for the U.S. He's an absolute joy to watch and someone that I hope we get to watch more of as this tournament continues and as the MLS season continues as well. Finally, the last player that stood out, and there were a number of players who stood out in this tier, maybe just below a Brendan Craig or Diego Luna, but the last player that I want to highlight is Justin Jay who's a player that I think maybe some U.S. men's national team fans will know, certainly some MLS folks will know, because technically he's an FC Dallas player. He was on loan from FC Dallas with Hoffenheim in the Bundesliga, just had his purchase option declined by the Bundesliga club, so that means he will be back with FC Dallas, at least in some capacity, at some point in time after this tournament concludes. Jay played as the right-sided center back in a back three. So you had Craig in the middle of the back line, you had Winder on the left side of that center back trio, and you had Justin Che on the right side of that back line. I think that is the perfect spot for Justin Che. He's athletic, he's mobile, he's played some as a right back, but doesn't really have the straight line speed and shiftiness in my mind to do that job at an elite level. So shifting him in just one layer more inside and shifting him back just one layer deeper I think is perfect for his game. He is mobile for a center back. He is technical for a center back. He can break lines for a center back. He can dribble forward for a center back. He can do a lot of things that you want a center back in a back three to do. I love that spot for him. I think he's excellent there. And I thought he was really good in this game. Not perfect, but he was driving forward, breaking lines with his passing and with his dribbling, finding gaps in Ecuador's defensive shape, generally just contributing to the U.S.'s positive attacking build-up play that eventually, eventually helped them break through in stoppage time with a winner from Jonathan Gomez, who was at right wing back in this game. I think this spot is perfect for Shea. I think he's really good in that role. I'm very curious to see what happens with him for the next step in his career. Does he stick around in Dallas and and, and play the rest of the season there? Does he become a, a meaningful player for them? Is there actually even a spot for him in Nico Estevez's, really what's, what's mostly been a back four, and they just signed a right back over the winter transfer window. So there's lots of questions about what's next for Che, but I think his ceiling is a very, very high, especially in this back three kind of role. I want to know what's next for him. I want to see more of him at this tournament. I liked what I saw in game one. Now, before we wrap up, I'll go rapid fire with a number of other players that I thought were either good or not so good. Gaga Slanina had very little to do in goal, so I'm giving him an incomplete in this game. Josh Winder on the left side of the center back trio was rough, didn't look up to the task athletically, and wasn't particularly ambitious on the ball. He's young, though, and I assume we'll see better from him as this tournament progresses. Jonathan Gomez gets major props for scoring that goal, but also did very well playing both ways as a right wing back in this match. Jack McGlynn and Obed Vargas were professional in the middle of the midfield. McGlynn breaking more lines, Vargas shifting around a bit more, being more mobile and cleaning things up. Caleb Wiley, I thought, was strong on the left wing back spot. He moved up and down the field with ease and looked like a man amongst boys at times in this match, which is exactly what you want to see from a guy who's a regular starter in Major League Soccer. Quinn Sullivan and Owen Wolf mostly played in the half spaces in this game. Neither one is a game-changing attacker at this point in their careers. Wolf is, is certainly more of a central midfielder, at least with Austin. So we didn't see the best of either one of those players in this match. Now, that's it for this episode of The Backheel Show. 
If you enjoyed and want more U20 World Cup coverage, tweet at us at Backheeled. Or if you want more American soccer coverage, you can scroll up and down here in the feed or head over to Backheeled.com and subscribe. For now, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.